Well, hello there, podcast universe. My name's Mike, and I am married to a beautiful woman named Courtney. Hey, everybody. And we are going to be the Kingdom Reconstructionists, which we are both very much looking forward to doing. And we're looking forward to having you guys come along this little journey of ours, too. Absolutely. Yeah, we are passionate about Jesus, and we're passionate about seeing the church be more minded on the kingdom and less minded on everything else that doesn't matter. So, with that being said, uh, I guess we're going to start with Courtney giving a little bit of her testimony about you know what her life's been like and why we are so passionate or daring to be so passionate about this. So uh, go ahead, baby. You kick us. You go. Yeah. You go ahead and kick us off. Okay. Um, where to begin? I guess I'll start at the beginning. So, <clears throat> for me, I grew up in a Christian home. Um, both of my, and when I say Christian home, I mean both of my parents were believers. Um, however, only one of my parents at home was really practicing the gospel in an active way in my life, and that was my mom. Um, For me, my dad was very harsh growing up, and love was very conditional when it came to my dad. Um, So that was really what I was modeled growing up, is that love comes with conditions, and there is a certain expectation and performance that must be made in order for that love to be given. So all the while, I have that um, kind of beginning the foundation of my walk with Christ. Um, I accepted Christ at a very young age, uh, about three years old, and I was filled with the Holy Spirit right around that same age. Um, And I really honestly didn't know that my foundation was not very firm um, because of the example I was being given in my dad. Um, And I really didn't truly get to see that play out until I got a little bit older. Um, That's when I really started to notice that um, my dad's love came with strings attached. So, and I don't say this to to speak ill of my dad. You know, my dad was was, uh, modeling to me what had been modeled to him, right? So it's a cycle. Um, That's how that type of thing works out. So, um, the Lord in the last seven years has had to undo all of the, the hurt and the painful patterns that begun in my life as a child, um, where my, my thoughts constantly go to a place of, you know, I have to perform for you, God. I have to do this for you, God. Or if I'm not doing something, then I'm not going to be blessed. Or you don't love me. Or you're angry with me. Um, my mindset consistently uh, would go there over the last probably probably pretty much my, my whole upbringing. But the last like seven years, God has been starting to unravel and unfold that toxic mindset and foundation that my faith was set upon. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been a journey. Obviously, I'm still going through it. And maybe there's somebody listening uh, to this podcast that can identify with that, with having um, 
one parent, whether it be father or mother, who um, their love comes with uh, conditions. Mm. Um, and God has been so gracious to show me that his love looks nothing like that, that his love is unconditional, that it never stops, um, that no matter what decision or what road I take, he will always love me. And um, that's been something that has been like a cornerstone in my life in the last few years is learning the Father's true love and how different that looks from human's love. Because let's be honest, we're going to fail each other, right? I mean, normally we try to love people unconditionally, but if we're really being honest, most of our love has conditions. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's part of the human condition, I assume. I mean, that's the way, you know, that that's what I've seen anyways. And so, obviously, my testimony is more in-depth than that. But I would just say that um, that's been an area in my life where God has really um, pressed me Mm -hmm. to believe differently and to see things differently. Um, So that's, that's part of my my testimony I think um, a portion of it anyways yeah and and something that I feel very passionate about because it is a bad foundation to start on you know because then it's like when things happen in your life that seem unfair or cruel it's like oh, okay well God doesn't love me like mm-hmm. he's mad at me he's angry at me he's punishing me um, and I and I know with talking to other uh, believers in Christ that that is a very common pattern of thinking within the church. So so yeah, so that's part of my testimony. Um, another another thing that the Lord is doing uh, right now in my own personal life. It's just an identity shift. Um, Over the last few years, probably longer, honestly, I had a lot of false beliefs when it comes to identity, and particularly when it comes to my identity. And so the Lord has just been systematically pulling apart those false identities that I've accepted um, and that I've just you know, taken as, oh, well, this is who I am. This is normal. This is me. And God has just been like, no, let's take, let's take a look at some things. And even bringing me back to points in my childhood where things happened to me as a kid, I accepted it and just thought, well, that, you know, I must've done something wrong. And he has literally given me uh, visions of myself as a child and told me like, listen, Little Courtney did nothing wrong and um, just completely changed the way that I look at myself and view myself. So there's just been so much. It's been changing the the uh, way that I look at the father and changing the way that I look at myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been a beautiful journey that's still playing out. I feel like I haven't like arrived. I don't know that any of us really have. Um, 
but it's been painful along the way. I mean, if I'm going to tell the truth, it has been painful. There have been moments where I'm like, no, no more, Lord. <laughs> like, don't show me any more things that we need to work on. Like, let's just stay on this one thing for a while because it's too much. But God is so gracious. He's such a gentleman and he never, um, he never brings up stuff to hurt us. It's always to help us heal. Mm-hmm. And so... I feel like healing is like a, I don't know, like a main component of what's going on in my life right now. It's like healing a toxic mindset and healing false beliefs about myself. So it's been an incredible, incredible journey. I see so much fruit from it. Um, and I'm just really excited on what God's doing in this next season of my life with this podcast, with my marriage, with my family. So, yeah, I'm just, I'm very excited for what the Lord has for us. Yeah, it is. It's it's one of those things where when you say, hey, God, uh, go ahead and use me, and then magically, poof, he decides, uh, yeah, I'm going to use you. Yeah, and it's, he takes uh, that seriously. Yeah, he takes it seriously. So this podcast is mainly going to be geared towards after me and Courtney's testimonial introduction to y'all, yeah, I guess, yeah. is we really want to make sure that when we're talking, that we're talking about the kingdom and that we're focusing on, when it's just me and Courtney, obviously, it's us focusing on shifting the mindset. And getting us to, getting us, just uh, us as well, but it, it moves us past a point of using the Bible as just a moral codex. And we follow right. these rules or else. Right. And moving it to what it was always meant to be, which is a living word. And a, instead of being a sword to bash our enemies with, it's a tool to help those that need it. I mean, absolutely. It's a weapon when it comes to us because we need to separate ourselves from ourselves. Essentially, yeah. there there's a very destructive side of humanity, and in part of my testimony, I'll explain why I think that, why I believe that, and combating that is having the. I hate saying like right perspective because that's. Like a, what a lot of people out there try to do. Say, oh, if you listen to me, I've got the right way. If you listen to me, you know, these ten easy no, steps. No, I mean, obviously, with anything, you have got to test the spirit. You've got to search the word. Mm-hmm. But this is just going to be the revelation that God has revealed to us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I would encourage anyone listening, take that and pray about it search the word test the spirit you know you don't want to just take for face value what someone says yeah yeah absolutely especially me especially michael (laughs) no just kidding just kidding no 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 but yeah get into some of your testimony and i think it would be important too for our listeners to hear like the mandate that we feel like we have in our lives oh okay all right so um a little bit about my testimony uh, started out, I did not grow up in a 
I would say, aggressively Christian home. <laughs> I We believe that God was real. We believe that Jesus was real, but that's pretty much where it stopped. We didn't go to the church. We didn't we weren't part of a group. We had a lot of new agey stuff tied into it, and it was kind of it's kind of one of those things where, oh well, this grandma's grandma's grandma was a Christian, so it just you know passed her through the bloodstream, I guess. And which is for those of us that are seasoned believers out there know that that's not how faith works or how following Christ works. And so I was kind of had this drive to to want to know more, to want to connect more, to want to be part of something greater than myself. And when I started looking for God, I, funny enough, I, the Christian church was actually the last place I went to. Yeah, that's sad. It, well, it, it's sad because mainly the Christians that I saw, except for one, Alex was his name. I was in drama class at South Kitsap High School, so if Alex ever happens to come <laughs> across you're this, listening. you were the one solid testimony of Christ before I met Christ. Wow, what a blessing. Yeah, so if you ever wind up listening to this, man, I just want you to know, you're just by your actions, you showed Christ. Because he never did any like a, what I call street preach with, uh, uh, witnessing yeah. and stuff that I just didn't deem as effective ways of spreading the gospel. Yeah. So I looked at Islam, I looked at Jehovah Witness stuff, I looked at Mormonism, I looked at Hinduism, I, I even looked into uh, to, uh, Wicca. Wow, yeah. you tried it all, huh? Yeah, well, I was trying to fill... It. Yeah, I know it sounds searching. silly, and it's very... It's very... What's the word? Uh, cliche. They're like, oh, I searched all these places, and then I found Jesus in church. And the funny thing is, is that I did. I did find Jesus in church. I was uh, starting to date this girl at high school. And <laughs> funny enough, she took me to church... My wife's giving me the eyes. <laughs> Watch what you say, Hoss. <laughs> um, and I was sitting there in church, and I remember the chapter that the pastor at, uh, I think it was Christ the Rock. It was a non-denominational church just outside, or like Port Orchard's cut across by, it. if you're from Port Orchard, you know. Mm. Yeah. That's going to be a small, small, <laughs> small, small group, group of, of people. listeners, babe. Yeah, I know. Um, so, with that being said, the, the, uh, I'm at the, I'm at the church, and I'm sitting there, and I'm listening to the message, and it, it was, he was reading out of the first few verses out of Matthew 18, and I was talking, and if anybody that's out there that's, a, again, seasoned Christian, or cracked open their Bible and read Matthew 18 the, the disciples come up and they are talking to Jesus and the one thing that you'll hear me talk about a lot on this podcast is the disciples is just a big group of brothers yeah. wanting to be the best in their teacher's eye Yeah. so they came up to Jesus and they're like hey Jesus who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven and you know one of them's expecting to go Oh, well, it's me here. It's me. See, I told you. Ha, ha, ha. And Jesus, again, defying all expectations, 
or any like preconceived notions and he goes hey you child come here and this child comes up to him and Jesus has a child standing in front of them and the or himself and the disciples and he goes this child is the greatest of the kingdom of heaven that's right and it was profound to me I don't know why it stuck with me but that was the thing that stuck with me mm. was that out of all the men that Jesus had around him all the, uh, it out of all the people that he could have had infinite admiration all right. this other stuff he's, he's like child. this child is the greatest mm. in the kingdom of heaven yeah. and unless that you come to the father like this child then you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven. And that was like, oh, ho, oh, oh. ho, For somebody that's been searching for God, you're feeling like this, dun, 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 on the heartstrings kind of thing. Right. And then, I know it sounds silly because of the revelation I've had recently, but uh, the pastor did, like, basically an altar call at the very end, but he didn't. nobody got up or anything like that. And he's like, hey, I know there's probably people in here that haven't, accepted Christ. If you want to accept Christ, if you, while everybody's heads are bowed, if you're shy or anything like that, go ahead and raise your hand. My hand went straight up. Yes. And I wasn't much of a crier, still ain't much of a crier. And I'm sitting there and I've got tears coming down my face and I'm like, I want Jesus. And <laughs> that's literally what happened. Yeah. And then after that, being the church, how it's currently structured and formatted, I wasn't discipled, wasn't told anything, so I kind of think like, oh, I got my get out of hell free card, right? or I found what I was looking for, thanks, bye. Yeah. And then it was kind of like this this transactional thing. If I showed up, God was going to do stuff for me. If I didn't show up, God wasn't going to do anything for me. Yeah. And it's not that anybody necessarily taught me that. I just thought I had to be in a building with a person that stands at a pulpit to to receive anything. And it wasn't until recently um, I had come to a point in my walk and in my faith, and everybody knows 2020, the 2020s so far have sucked. <laughs> 2020 sucked. Yes. 2021 sucked. And 2022 is looking to be even more awesome than the last two. No, 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 no. 2022 is going to be good. Yeah, Keep going. I, I'm going to be optimistic that this is the last, the, this is the, the death throes of the suckage for the 2020s. Yes, I agree. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so I had been having issues with the place that I'm working at. And unfortunately... Because of the COVID stuff, uh, I'd been starting to draw a lot closer to God. So I, I'd basically been asking God, I was like, hey, should I get the vaccine? And he was, it, he was, uh, God was sitting there and he's like giving me just constant unease. And then he told you that he would make a way of escape. And then yeah. he told me to resist. Yeah. Not like in Resistance Wolverines. And if anybody out there knows what the Wolverines thing is, you are now my best friend. <laughs> Your bestie. <laughs> and so nothing like that, but and nothing to be obstinate. It's just it was one of those things where, and again, not political, it's not anti-vax or anything like that. I've been 
vaccinated against all kinds of crap. No, just personal conviction. It was just a personal conviction. God told me not to, and I had to obey. Yeah. So it had gotten to a point at my work that I was strongly, aggressively, and because of everything else that's going on around, commit, uh, thinking I was going to commit suicide. I was just going to take my 308 rifle, wait until the wife and kids were asleep, go outside, pull the trigger. Mm. And hopefully the kids would stay asleep and somebody would find my body. <laughs> and it was one of those things where I'd gotten to that point. There was this, like, this last little part of me that's like, Mike, fight! Fight! Please fight! And, you know, when you start listening to a false identity, which is what was happening, yeah. and you're not grounded or rooted in, in your faith, yeah. what can happen is, is you start believing a lie. It sounds reasonable. It sounds like it makes sense. Oh, well, if I kill myself, all the tur- turmoil and troubles and everything else that's been happening over the past four months will go away. My wife and kids will have enough money to take care of themselves. It'll be fine. I, everything will be fine. They'll be fine, and I'll be hopefully in heaven. <laughs> I mean, um, and so I'm sitting there, and I'm driving home from work because I was still able to go on on site to my job and I'm sitting there and I'm driving home from work and I just start breaking down and I just start going God I need you to intervene in my life I can't do this shit anymore I can't I legitimately can't it is not how I'm geared I cannot keep fighting if you are not going to be part of me Right. I can't keep doing this by myself because doing it by myself equals crappy return every single time so I'm literally talking to God like not like a the Pharisee oh Lord hear me oh Lord pay attention to me oh you know how the Pharisees in the Bible are described or right. even some people that are in the church mm-hmm. that far too many of them do nonsensical things just for attention this wasn't one of those things. I was literally just sitting there talking to God like he was some old redneck and we were about to go duck hunting. Yes. And I was like, hey, listen, I want your peace. Mm-hmm. I want the peace that you had at the bow of the boat during the storm. That's yeah. what I want, Jesus. I want you to give me that peace. And then I start doing a few more things and saying how I feel about this or what's going on here. Just legitimately just talking to God yeah and bearing my heart just like I'm talking to you now absolutely and I was like and you know start to tear up a little bit and I'm like yep get back in there tear and <laughs> and I finally pull up to the house and I get out of the car and I'm feeling like more peace than I've felt in months like I finally feel like something's gonna break or something's gonna happen I was like, oh, this is what it feels like. This is awesome. Thank you, God. Thank you. This is what I needed. Well, for those of you that don't know, when you ask God for something and you're sincere about what you're asking for, you get it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So we just gotten the kids to bed. 
and I'd raced out because me and Courtney, we only have the one recliner in the house, so I zoomed out so I could get the recliner. Yeah, beat me to it. Yeah, but I'm a gentleman. I'll give her the recliner if she's a good girl. <laughs> <laughs> and that is a joke. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'll, I'll always give her the, the chair if she wants the chair. And I'm sitting there, and this is one of those times where I'd beat her out there, so I was sitting there, and all of a sudden it literally felt like the best way I can equate it is like a veil fell around me 360 degrees and it felt like a Kodiak bear was giving me a hug Hmm. and I was laughing and I was giggling and I was crying and you can ask Courtney because I again not a crier not a laugher well I'm a laugher you like to laugh but I'm not a giggler you you don't giggle I do not giggle (laughs) but it was like one of those things where I started to experience what that peace felt like and that peace gave me so much joy yes like i can't even i can't even quantify how i feel in words or felt in words or feel now in words yeah and then courtney could even attest to this that there is like this weird strange and in her case aggravating level of peace that I have about my life right now because you know you know it's easy for me like a guy I'm like yeah sure God's gonna show up and my wife's like uh when go get a job go get a job and I haven't gotten fired praise God that was that you know I haven't gotten fired I haven't gotten let go and even in my obedience even though the world doesn't look like it's going to go in my favor, it's been going in my favor so far, so why am I going to think you're going to stop now? Right. And so that that's pretty much the high level of my testimony. I have yeah. gotten to a point now where I have moved past it. And then to get into kind of the mandate, why this whole podcast exists, because more than likely you guys probably tuned out by now, but those of you that are diehards that are... Like, yeah, this could get better. I'm hoping it gets better too, okay? This is strange for me. I don't like talking in front of people normally. Right. It's very rare for me to talk loudly enough for multiple people to hear unless I'm telling a story. And even after that, I'm pretty quiet after I finish telling telling the tale. Right. And so to get into that I'll let Courtney kind of take the reins a little bit because I've been talking forever and you know me I, if you get me talking it's hard to get me to shut up that's the that's the key but our mandate or what we believe our mandate came from uh, prophetic night at our buddy Charles's restaurant at Villa Peru here in Tucson I think it's Villa Peru Charles if you're listening and if I've mispronounced it I apologize I know it has Peru in it <laughs> yes, we know that much. But he was having a prophetic night with uh, uh, Brother Harkey and his wife. And they were just sitting there and they were chit-chatting with us. And uh, he started the, the prophetic word. And it felt it'd been like something that I'd been feeling on my heart too. And kind of like a, a mantle that I needed to pick up. A mantle that I felt that I've been running away from. Even when, when I was in that independent fundamentalist church, it was a mantle that I've always felt like I was supposed to grab and, and go and do. And I have, to my shame, I have... No, no shame. Well, no condemnation. You know, not condemnation, but 
I know if I had taken that mantle up, yeah. I know that certain things that have happened to people that have been either hurt by the church, hurt themselves, or anything like that. Not that me picking up a mantle would have changed that, but maybe I would have been in a position to help navigate that with them so they wouldn't have made that choice. And I, and I mean, it, I hear you, but I just really think that God doesn't waste anything. Oh, yeah. I, and he knew, I think he knew the perfect timing for you. I think it, it wasn't going to happen until you came to a place of surrender, mm. which is the place that you've gotten to. Yeah. And I think that was the perfect moment to step into something new like this mm-hmm. from a place of surrender. Yeah. Um, that's what I've seen uh, in your life. Yeah. And what's been happening the last few months. Yeah, nothing like complete surrender to make everybody think you're nuts. <laughs> hey, let them think what they want. But yeah, we really believe um, from the prophetic night, some things were confirmed as far as leadership and that kind of stuff over Michael, which we've known that for a long time, right? Yeah. And, and Michael has a really big shepherd's heart that he's been running from for years. And yeah. I think now he's just gotten to a place where he's ready to not run from that call anymore. No, not anymore. I am here to stay, so. And obviously, um, so we feel like our mandate, um, you know, God's kind of started to stir this in us a few years back. It's actually been a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was mainly about really reconciling the bride. Mm-hmm putting the bride in her rightful place and having her take her rightful seat at the table and walk in her true calling and her true identity. Mm-hmm. And and so what does that look like? I mean, all of that sounds so beautiful, but what does it actually look like? Well, it looks like the church being so much more than a building. Mm-hmm. You know, in America, we, we feel like we've gotten so wrapped up making church like a business Mm -hmm. that it has lost its efficacy and its intimacy. Mm -hmm. And so Michael and I really feel called to, to really spur on and encourage and exhort the body of Christ to not go and make converts, but to go and make disciples. So what does that look like? Discipleship, mentorship, walking through life with people. Um, and, and also to take care of the widows and orphans, which is what we were told to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and to live more like the Acts-based church. Now, we realize that producing the Acts-based church in this modern era is probably going to be a very hard thing to mm-hmm. happen. And I'm not even necessarily sure that that is what God wants. I believe that he wants to do something new. So maybe it's going to look somewhat like Acts, but it's going to be new. So it's going to be in a fresh way. But it's going to be believers coming together and taking territory from the enemy. Mm -hmm. Going out into communities, loving on people, being the hands and feet of Jesus. Getting together more than just on a Sunday. Because that doesn't suffice. Like, that doesn't build true community. 
you can't truly be vulnerable with people that you only see on Sunday morning. Especially if you're just trying to check your Jesus box and then go back and watch the football game. Yeah, I mean, if you're just sitting there, you know, checking something off your list, you're definitely not going there to be vulnerable. I'd say, what's the point then? Why are you going? Well, I agree. But, so our mandate, we really feel like we are supposed to take part of the reconstructionist movement. So we are not for deconstruction. Nope. We feel like deconstruction has been a tool of the enemy to tear the church apart. Mm-hmm. And it's really a doctrine of devils. I mean, if we're going to be honest, it that's is. what it is. It's a group of people that are falling off of their faith and want to take as many people as they can with them. And my heart goes out to them. I understand. Oh, mine too. And you know what? If that's you, Jesus loves you. And yeah. he wants your heart and he wants you back so badly. And if the church hurt you, I am deeply sorry. Well, you got to remember too, though. This is the whole thing, is that people, especially Americans, have a nasty habit of my problems are because of this person. Absolutely. Or my problems are because of this person. Yes. Or this person did this to me, so this makes this bad or evil or whatever the case right, may be. Right, right. And see, the sad part is... I don't know why this isn't taught here in America anymore, but when you fail, you fail. Yeah. Nobody else made you do something. It's a choice. You choose to follow this path. You choose to do this stupid thing. Right. And there are repercussions for it. Not saying that God's out there, oh, you did a bad thing. No, no we know no, that's um, not the heart of the Father. But you can't tear apart somebody else's faith and say it sucks. And then try to put something that's counterfeit in its place. Right. Either you believe or you don't believe. Yeah. It doesn't affect anybody but you. Right. And so I think the thing is, the focus is reconstruction. So we don't want to deconstruct our faith. Nope. Because that's tearing it down and tearing it all apart and really watering it down. Mm -hmm. But we want to reconstruct so maybe along the way we've believed some false beliefs about God, about Jesus, about the church, about discipleship, about your identity. About your identity exactly. And so we really feel called to share the revelation that God has given us to reconstruct um, the kingdom. Because mm-hmm. that's really what this is about. It's about the kingdom. Yeah. Jesus told us to establish the kingdom and i know that there are many believers out there who are seasoned in the faith and they are looking around at what's happening in the world and the wars and this and the pandemic and everything and they just want their ticket out they just want to get out of here Mm -hmm. and you know sadly i feel like that's been a tool um from the enemy because then that gets our focus off of building his kingdom here and just getting my ticket into heaven so I can take off. So that's where that like rapture mentality comes from, Mm -hmm. you know, instead of the kingdom mentality. Exactly. And our, our, our thoughts for a long time in the the U S has been wrapped around this. Not that there's anything wrong with the rapture. If it comes, there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. If it doesn't come, 
awesome. And the reason why I say that is this, is as much as I want to see Jesus come back on that white horse, Absolutely. as much as I would love to go up to heaven, as much as I would like to do the 20 other things that come pop into my mind thinking that, you know, I'm not stuck in this meat popsicle anymore. <laughs> and again, if you caught that movie reference, we are best friends. Um, you got to remember, Michael is former military, mm-hmm. and so his humor is a little bit different than some of, some other people exactly. that might be listening. So, um, so uh, you got me sidetracked. What was I saying? Oh, I'm sorry. You said something about our bodies being a meat popsicle. Oh, before that. Oh, I don't remember. <laughs> it was about the rapture. Oh, yeah. So for a long time, it's been... It's been that thought process that if these events that we think that we understand happen, then the rapture's coming this day, or that day, or this day, or that day. I think that's specifically why Christ said, don't worry about yeah. it. Yeah, he Just left prepare. it a mystery. Yeah. Yeah. He, he says, I don't even know. Only the Father in heaven knows yeah. the time and the hour. Yeah. And that's legitimately where it should have been left at. Because right. what happens when, at least this has been my experience, is coming from a person that came into the faith from outside of the faith. Yeah. And then been tossed asunder from this idea to this idea to that thought process to this doctrine to that theology, back and forth, back and forth like a tennis match. And the one thing that I've seen as a constant is, oh, well, we got to do these works. If we do these things, then when Jesus comes, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. If I do these tasks, then I'm doing what Jesus wants me to do. And that may necessarily be true, but your heart's wrong. Right. And the reason why I'm saying your heart's wrong is this. If you're doing it for accolades, if you're doing it because you need to do it, then you've turned your faith into a religion. Yeah. See, that's the dif- that's the difference with Christianity. A lot of people like to say that Christianity is a religion. And in the broader spectrum, yeah, it is a religion. But in all honesty, Christianity is a walk with Christ. It is an intimate walk with Christ. Period. End of discussion. No ifs, ands, or buts. Period. That's Absolutely. what it is. That's what it should be. And when you focus on nothing but the rapture, you're not doing what he told you to do. Right. He told you to do few things before he died yeah he told you to love one another he told you to believe in him he told you to follow him he told you to take care of the widows and the orphans nowhere in scripture does it say oh obsess about this Obsess about this one key doctrinal thing, and then you know what? Let's split up into 12 different sects right. because we don't all agree on the same piece of doctrine that doesn't matter. Yeah, I it's, think just, he, it's I, just divided us. I, I think it's like Paul even said it too in the epistles. He's like, why are you guys arguing over minutia? Right. What? I mean, more or less, that's what yeah, he said. Yeah. I mean, I'm obviously paraphrasing the crap out of this. Right. And just to let you guys know, we're going to be... I am a firm believer this is the one instance where we didn't read anything because we felt like we needed to introduce ourselves first. But you're always going to get at least one chapter read out of the Bible at the beginning of every podcast. Because there's one thing I can say for certain. 
because it happened with me and that's how I wound up accepting Christ is faith comes by hearing the word of God that's right and that that the word of God does not return void amen so whoever may wind up hearing this it may be a trucker and that one trucker is like well these guys sound like they might be interesting (laughs) (laughs) you know and he may hear just 35 seconds and those 35 seconds could be the thing that shifts his entire worldview because God shook my entire worldview on November 4th amen that's right and it had nothing to do with the election I know it was an election day (laughs) had nothing to do with the election this was 100% God showing up possibly hours definitely in a few days of me committing suicide God showed up and stopped not stopped me well stopped me I mean I don't I don't know how to say it he captured you with his love yeah he stopped me from doing something stupid yeah and because of that stop of stupidity because my wife can attest to this I get something put in my mind that's what's gonna happen Absolutely. I, I, I do agree with that. I statement. am irritatingly stubborn, in her words. Or boorish. She said boorish once. She's kind of mean. <laughs> um, we're very real. So if, yeah. you, if you haven't picked up on that, we're, we're just real people here. So it, it's, it's one of those things, and I don't want to bash on people that are hyper-focused on the rapture or anything like that. Because you know what? If that's what brings you to God, then great. Absolutely. But I want you guys to realize this is the crucial, absolute crucial thing. You have to have your mind on the kingdom, building God's kingdom on earth. Yes. How are we supposed to disciple people when all we are focused on is what we want or achieving this goal or doing this task? Show me where in the Bible Jesus did any of that with the disciples. What did he do? He taught them. They went out into the community. Yes, and they fed people. They fed people. They met their needs. Healed people. Yes. They taught people. Yes. Like it wasn't hide in a box. No offense. And like I said, those are my brothers and sisters that I go to church with now. This is not an offense thing. But it is a frustrating thing from from somebody from a perspective that if we're going to be the body of Christ, then let's be the body of Christ. Absolutely. And it's great to have our programs. It's great to do this. It's great to do that. But it's one of those things where doing your programs and going to listen to a 45-minute pep talk, a TED talk, and then you know doing some worship and everything like that and then checking your box and going home how does that help yeah where did the disciples do that they didn't we're just being called to to more i feel like god is just saying come higher well we we want to be i can't count how many people i hear oh god use me then use you take that 25 dollars 45 dollars that you spend on crap that you don't even remember buying I can't, and this, to me too. Yeah. But take that $50. You see that homeless guy? Go, hey, let's go in here. Let's get you a few things. What do you need? How can I help you? Yes, be the hands and feet of Jesus. Hey, you, lady, why are you crying? What's wrong? Mm -hmm. 
Oh, I'm so sorry this happened. Here, take this. Do you need anything else? Can I pray for you? And it, it, see that—that's being Christ. Absolutely. He didn't stand on a street corner and tell everybody they're going to hell. No. Nope. He didn't stand in a, on a mount to condemn people. It—it's it, one of those things where I've seen what Christ has done in my life. And I want that to happen to everybody else. And I want us as a faith, for those of us that are believers, I want us as a faith to stop pretending. To stop being children waving around wooden sticks, thinking we're playing war. Like, I don't want that. I want us all to be one, a family, which is what we were always meant to be. Yes. It... I just read it in, I think it was in Corinthians. No, not Corinthians. Where Paul said, uh, Paul's writing to them and saying, Hey, why am I hearing you guys are going, Oh, I'm of Paul, and I'm of Apollos, and I'm of this person, oh, I'm yes. of that. Okay. It, nowhere in there. And guess what? That means denominations, guys. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, Nowhere in there does it say only Jehovah Witnesses or only... The Baptists or only the Pentecostals are going to heaven. That's stupid. Yeah. Sorry, guys. That's it's right. stupid. You're holding your own religious traditions and ideals above what God told you to do. Yes. Which is to love one another. And how much more should you love one another if you both have a commonality in Christ? Yeah. We're brothers and sisters. So, with all of that being said, everybody, this is the inaugural podcast of... Uh, reconstruction disciples and we oh what what did you what was it kingdom reconstructionists oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry we've been tossing around about 20 names we've had such a hard time so kingdom out a name. reconstructionists until it possibly changes we're sticking with that for now yeah we're gonna stick with kingdom reconstructionists i like that yeah but with all that i just want everybody to know one if I've offended you, I'm sorry. <laughs> Two, I love you. And I don't mean the weird kind of old romantic love, sorry. There's only one woman in my life and she's still alive, so. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, but an honest to God, true love of a brother. If you're a brother out there, I love you. If you're my sister out there, I love you. And there is not a thing that you can say, do, at all, that would ever offend me or hurt me or make me stop loving you. So. And that's the kind of love that people need. Yeah. That we, unconditional love. We all we all need that kind of love because we're in desperate need of it. We are absolutely. So. Um, that's us that's a little bit about us and a little bit about our heart for the body of christ Uh, we hope you guys have enjoyed listening to us and if you made it through well thank you yes i appreciate you listening to my long-winded nonsensical talking no it was so good but um we just want to bless you in the name of jesus uh pray that uh god just continues to shine on you in your life and 
that you get a lot out of this podcast. If you do, um, leave us a comment, share it, um, share us on Facebook if you want. Uh, We're going to be setting all that up. Yep. And uh, yeah, we look forward to our next uh, session with you, which will be a little bit more outlined and organized uh, than this one. But uh, I hope you got to hear and experience a little bit of our heart uh, towards the body of Christ. We bless you guys in Jesus' name. Amen.